You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, May 26th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco. Another loaded show for you today as we're going to talk some Vanderbilt football with my guy, Robbie Weinstein of Vandy 24-7. You can also look at his stuff on 247sports.com from the National News Desk. Also a pretty good uh, SEC baseball insider, or at least power ranker. He's pretty good at those as well. But Vanderbilt football is on tap today. Clark Lee enters his second season at the helm, coming off a 2-10 season. A long rebuilding project is ahead, but it seems like Robbie and maybe others have some positive outlooks for this program moving forward and perhaps over the next five years as well. There's some things are looking up for 2022 as well. So here's my conversation with Robbie Weinstein. Pleased to be joined now by Robbie Weinstein of Vandy 247 here on the College Football Daily to talk all things Vanderbilt football. Robbie, thanks for joining me, man. And we're just we're diving right into it because now we're heading in towards the summer months. Everyone's going to have off time now. Football is not on the back burner, but you know it, it's less important almost until the uh, fall training camp ramps back up. So let's, let's go back to spring practice. Now, obviously, you're ingrained with the Vanderbilt football program. I need your biggest takeaways from spring practice this year as they head into year two under Clark. Sure. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Uh, good to reunite with a desk colleague. And uh, the the takeaways from spring practice at Vanderbilt, I think there's two big ones. The, probably the biggest one I would say is they are the staff is a lot happier, and I would say even the players are a lot happier with sort of the the toughness and effort level on defense. You can go back to basically any of their games last season. You not only against Georgia or. You know, Tennessee, Kentucky, some of the better teams on their schedule, but also, you know, even UConn, even East Tennessee State. I mean, you know, sort of the dregs of their schedule that, you know, teams that an SEC uh, squad should beat easily. And there wasn't a lot of resistance at the point of attack on defense, even though these guys, you know, were had a lot of the guys on Vanderbilt's team had power five offers coming out of high school, you know, and honestly, I don't think the effort level and toughness was always there. This spring, you saw a lot better pursuit of the ball by tacklers. Uh, when a player would go down either in a scrimmage or the spring game, uh, there's you know three, four, five guys in the area, right? Whereas uh, last season, I mean, you can go back to tape from last year's spring practice or during the season and, you know, massive holes are opening up uh, courtesy of the opponent's offensive line. And then maybe, you know, only one or two guys around the ball carrier. And so then if, if the running back or wide receiver breaks a tackle, they're gone for a huge game. So I think that, you know, I, when Clark Lee was at Notre Dame, his defenses were known for that bend but don't break style where they weren't giving up very many big plays. And I think Vanderbilt is getting closer to doing that, even though the talent level still has a ways to go. Then the other big takeaway is, is the quarterback battle is not decided between Mike Wright and Ken Seals. I, I think personally, my takeaway from the spring, and I think a lot of people agree with this, is that Wright might have a slight advantage coming out of the spring. That's not the type of advantage that, you know, I think it can be overcome in the fall, potentially, if Seals has a great fall. But then also A.J. Swan, true freshman early enrollee, uh, has a chance. Uh, he he put some really great highlight highlight reel plays on tape. He needs to get more consistent, but uh, it's too early to rule him out. And, you know, you would think by the end of the spring, uh, normally the true freshman early enrollee, you know, you know that guy's going to be third string. And, and I think it's significant that we don't know that yet. 
So it's interesting you mentioned both of those things, how the defense has seemingly improved, at least over the spring. And then you mentioned the quarterback battle. So we'll circle back to the defense in a little bit. But I wanted to look at the quarterback because everyone cares about the quarterbacks, no matter who the school is, even if it's a quarterback factory for a college or if it's a team that's really searching for its quarterback. So I wanted to ask you about Mike Ribes. I noticed you had him maybe leaning towards your starter for Vanderbilt uh, for for the uh, fall season. Is he the answer under quarterback? It seems like Vanderbilt needed a lot of questions answered and going into year two under Clark Lee. You know, you could improve virtually every position on the field based on last year's two and 10 season. But quarterback, of course, the most important one on the field. Is Mike Wright that answer? You know, right right now, I think in terms of if you're talking about the answer to get Vanderbilt back to a bowl game, he still has more to prove in terms of that, for sure. Uh, he is a dynamic runner. I, I think he scored a 70-yard touchdown or so against Missouri last season. Uh, he is fast. He is one of the fastest guys on the team. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the SEC. However, uh, I'm not sure how much he has developed as a passer in terms of accuracy over the last couple of years. I do think he has improved, but the improvement probably has been a little bit more gradual than what you would want, considering he is potentially going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, what I will say is he is a dynamic leader. He, he has a special charisma to him. Ken Seals is a very good leader as well. Uh, but I think Wright has, there's something about his personality that is just very magnetic and maybe, you know, a step above probably any quarterback that I've seen at Vanderbilt. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think he has proven that he is the answer at quarterback. I also simultaneously, I don't think he has proven that he's not the answer either. I, I don't think, you know, it's time to move on already or anything like that. You know, he did come to Vanderbilt as a high three-star recruit. Uh, Derek Mason, toward the end of his tenure, had issues recruiting on both lines of scrimmage, but the quarterbacks actually were fairly highly highly rated prospects. Wright was committed to UCF and, and Josh Heupel at that point. Uh, he's, a, he's a talented player. This might be a loaded question because it depends on the offensive line here for this offense, but you mentioned how Wright can be a very dynamic quarterback I mean, if he improves the passing, of course, but he can run. The running back crew for Vanderbilt is very good. Uh, Ramon Davis, I know you highlighted him. He is basically that all-around veteran. He can do it all type of back. And you even mentioned even my guy right there, Patrick Smith. He has moved oh, yeah. up that depth chart throughout the spring practice after his freshman year in 2021. I mean, what do you make of these top two guys and the running back depth for Vanderbilt this year? Sure. I, I think running back is Vanderbilt's best position. There are two positions that I think can be legitimately at an SEC level, and that would be running back and linebacker, like inside linebacker, uh, particularly running back. So Raymond Davis, you look at his stats from last season, I, I think he had just short of uh, 300 rushing yards. And so you would say, you know, you would look at it and say, oh, okay, he's he's not, you know, he didn't have a productive season. Is he, is this guy any good? Well, he, he suffered a, a toe injury, injury that ended his season that required surgery. You know, that happened in the third game of the season. Uh, he was a transfer from Temple and had a good season at Temple before he came over, just short of 1,000 yards rushing. And he's he's strong, but he also has some lateral quickness. He can put a good spin move on you. Uh, and, and he's a clear, solid starting running back. Patrick Smith, like you said, is, is a smaller guy, a speed guy who, uh, you know, his 40 time, I've seen it anywhere in the 4-3 to 4-4 range reported. I, you know, he he's fast enough to play in the SEC and he did some good things as a true freshman last year. And then, you know, you even get down to their third running back, Rocco Griffin. You know, he started some games last year and had two games where he ran for over 100 yards. So if that's your third running back, I, I think you're doing okay. Uh, so that, you know, when you combine that, that group, one way to take advantage of them would be uh, to put them in some option looks, some zone read looks with Mike Wright, uh, because he's by far the most mobile quarterback on the roster. And you've got an offensive line that is one of the big weaknesses, probably the biggest weakness of the team. That's a good way to keep opponents off balance because they're going to struggle to pass protect. 
So we'll circle around to the defensive end of things and, of course, more on the bigger picture stuff with Clark Lee. But right before that, we have to take a quick break right here. You're listening to the College Football Daily. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. So I want to circle back to Clark Lee, the going into his second year as head coach for Vanderbilt. Now, he came over from Notre Dame, has that defensive prowess, was a defensive coordinator over there. And we we know, as you mentioned before, those bend but don't break defenses. Now, they weren't the most elite of the elite defenses in college football, but they're very quality defenses. And that's something that Vanderbilt probably needed and a bit of a jolt they needed when he came in to take over as head coach. So where, I mean, where do you see him taking stride as a head coach now going into year two? Of course, last year, pretty much up against it, two and 10 year, a rising SEC. East Division, and it's seemingly on the rise as well again in 2022. Where, where do you think he's made his biggest improvements from year one to year two? Well, you know, something that's going to be interesting is, is Clark Lee is going to take a bigger role in the defense this year. You know, he came to Vanderbilt saying that he didn't want to be the defensive coordinator. He wanted to be a, he wanted to be the head coach. But uh, I think there's some recognition that for recruiting, you know, purposes, they need to take a step forward this season. It's going to be tough if you go two and ten again. That that makes it tough. And so he's going to take a bigger role in the defense, a much more active role. I think in terms of how he has improved, you know, I'm sure like all the game management stuff is, is something that you adjust to when you're in that that top role, that leadership role as a head coach. So I'd expect that to be improved. I, I think also he has adjusted some of his recruiting strategy. You know, he came to Vanderbilt saying he didn't want to rely on the transfer portal. I don't think they wanted to take more than, you know, like three players maybe out of the transfer portal per cycle because Clark Lee has talked a lot about, you know, rebuilding the culture and, and all the you know, same stuff that pretty much every coach talks about, but he has been you know, pretty stringent and strict in terms of making sure that players live up to, to pretty high expectations within the program. Uh, and so, you know, he didn't want to rock the boat, basically, by bringing in transfers. Uh, but he had to adjust to that. You know, Barton Simmons, our former colleague here, is in charge of a lot of the transfer portal stuff, as well as, you know, constructing the overall roster. And I'd expect that he probably had something to do with that. They ended up taking, I think, six transfers transfers so far. I think they would have taken more if they weren't up against the 85-man scholarship limit. So I, I think that's one way that he has improved is, is you're going to have to, if you're a Power 5 program, you, you got to make some hay in the transfer portal every single year, or else you're going to have too young of a roster to compete. And I do think he has adapted in that area, which is going to be big for Vanderbilt because they, you know, if they had only taken three transfers, they don't have a ton of proven upperclassmen on the team otherwise. So you mentioned him adapting, and I mentioned before how the SEC East is pretty much on the rise. Everyone knows SEC West is that death division, so to speak, in college football. But we saw Georgia win the national title last year. Florida now has a new head coach in Billy Napier. You look at Tennessee and Kentucky and South Carolina, all season 
seemingly on the rise. Missouri maybe hit or miss in 2022. So when you look at the SEC East, it's pretty much Vanderbilt trying to get out of the basement, maybe pass Missouri and maybe pass up one other team this year in 2022. Do you see that happening? I mean, do you do you think Vanderbilt is doing what they doing everything possible in order to catch back up to a fast rising division at this point? Yes and no. I, I think they're going to be better this season. There were games last year against so-so opponents or, you know, kind of middle tier or sometimes even lower tier SEC teams like Kentucky, Missouri, where, where they just got steamrolled. I mean, they lost by multiple touchdowns to Stanford at home. Stanford went three and nine. Uh, the, the Mississippi State game was destruction. So I, I think what we're going to see from Vanderbilt this year probably would be less of that. I don't know how much better the record is going to get, but I think they're going to be in a lot more games, you know, at halftime or in the third or fourth quarter, you know, in terms of how far up in the SEC East they can move, you know, uh, uh, so much of it depends on like the most winnable SEC game that you probably look at on their schedule is South Carolina at home. And so much of that depends on, to me, South Carolina is one of the hardest teams to project and evaluate in the SEC because they they have so many transfers. Is Spencer Rattler going to, you know, have a breakout season or is he going to be like he was last year and be ineffective? Uh, so that, that game is going to be huge. You know, can they go to Missouri and get a win? I, I think it's possible, but, you know, it would be a lot easier for them if the Missouri game were at home. And then uh, Tennessee, you know, at home, I'm pretty high on Tennessee this season, personally. Uh, They do tend to, when people are high on them, they tend to to disappoint underachieve a little bit. So maybe if they have a disappointing season, Vanderbilt could get that. But this isn't really an ideal season for them to have Alabama as their rotating SEC West crossover game, because that one obviously is not winnable at all. So when we're looking at the projection for Vanderbilt, I'm not even talking about just 2022. I'm talking into the future, it seems like Clark Leadham, at least to me, has a longer leash than most SEC coaches would normally, considering this was a big rebuilding project when he left Notre Dame to come over here last season. So if you're going to project the next five years for Vanderbilt, whether it's cloudy or not, I mean, how do you foresee Clark Lee developing this program? And I'm assuming he'll probably at least get the next five years to try to build something, knowing that Vanderbilt was where they were before he came in. It's a little ironic because even though it is a long-term rebuild, I think it isn't that, like, I think you can do a decent amount of projecting outward because like you said, Vanderbilt doesn't like to fire coaches. They don't, they don't like to be, you know, Auburn or someone like that, that pulls a trigger within two or three years. They're not going to do that. He's going to get at least five years. Uh, he could get more depending on how things go. And so what I think you're going to see is this year, you know, they could, maybe they pull out an upset and, and win an SEC game or two. Like it's possible. I, I would be really surprised if they have more than four wins this season. Uh, however, 2023, yeah, I think at that point, they they ought to be at least contending to make a bowl game. Uh, if they're not, then I would say they, they're, you know, behind schedule at that point. And then you get into year four and year five. I think with the way they have been recruiting, they do have a lot of high upside guys who they're bringing in who maybe are three-star prospects because they need to put a lot of weight on they need development they're new to the game of football but by that point you could have guys who you know this is kind of the Baylor model right where where you bring in high upside guys and and your goal is to develop them to the point where as upperclassmen they can compete with with four star and sometimes five star guys on other teams so I do think it's realistic that in like 2024 2025 that they have a good competitive team again and are you know consistently contending to make a bowl game 
you know, having said that, they have a ton to prove uh, because from a coaching standpoint, we just haven't we just haven't seen a you know proven track record of success right since Lee was defensive coordinator uh, prior to taking this job as a first time head coach. He is Robbie Weinstein of Vandy twenty four seven. Find all of this content on twenty four seven sports dot com on the National News Desk and of course for Vandy two four seven. Robbie, where can everybody find you on social media? Yeah, sure. My Twitter handle is at rw weinstein. Uh, that's that's probably the main place you can find me and definitely. Hey, this is baseball season, right? If you're interested in Vanderbilt baseball uh, or just the NCAA tournament and uh, College World Series type of stuff, I'll probably have a lot of that coming down the pipe as well. He's our de facto NCAA baseball expert on the National News Desk as well. Robbie, thanks for joining me, man. Really appreciate the time, and we'll see if Clark Lee can put this Vanderbilt program into a positive direction starting in 2022. Thanks for having me, Nick. Great conversation as always with my guy Robbie and who knows things might be looking up for Vanderbilt football in 2022. I'm a big fan of that offense as Robbie seems to be as well. The running back group is perhaps the strongest on the team regardless of offense or defense or special teams. So interesting to see how that plays out of course and we had to look at the quarterback position as well. Mike Wright might be that guy dual threat option so it will keep other SEC defenses on their toes as well and who knows we know Clark Lee has great defensive coaching abilities. Let's see if it adapts to Vanderbilt in 2022 and moving forward. That's going to do it for me. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at NickCosco59, N-I-C-K-K-O-S-K-O-5-9 on Twitter. Be sure to follow 24-7 Sports on Twitter as well. And make sure to like, download, and subscribe to the College Football Daily wherever you get your podcast. Once again, that's going to do it for me. We'll see you next time right here on the College Football Daily. returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.